You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name's Grace, and I'm facing a hard choice. Money or love. After all, my crush promised to marry me if I got rid of my millions. But before I continue my story, please like this video and subscribe to the channel. I grew up in a wealthy family. My parents tried to never deny me anything, since I'm their only child. So, I have no idea how to live without money. Money solves everything. If you want a vacation, Buy yourself a trip to the islands. If you're seriously ill, buy yourself some expensive medicine. However, not everyone shares my opinion. Unfortunately, my crush Nasfi was one of those people. I fell in love with him a year ago, and he reciprocated. And even though Nasfi wasn't very nice to reach people, he was crazy about me. And he wasn't uncomfortable by my millions. At least, that's what I thought up to a certain point. Grace, you and I have been together for a year now. And I want to ask you to be my wife. Yes! I screamed before he could finish. Wait, I have one small condition. He took my hands. And what's that? I want you to give up your millions. What? I shrieked, and I swung my hand sharply in shock. I accidentally dropped a burning candle on the table, and the tablecloth, of course, burst into flames. And there was a fire in the restaurant. People ran out into the streets in panic, and I panicked and wondered what to do to choose money and spend my life in luxury or choose a lover and live my life in love, old clothes, and in a box on the street like a cat family. Uh-huh, Grace, Nasfi told me, money's evil. Money is opportunity and happiness. Without it, there's no life. You're wrong, and I'll prove it to you if you agree to be my wife. Either the disgusting smell of smoke had that effect on me, or it was just love that blew my head off but I agreed to marry Nasfi and give up my favorite green bills. That smells so good and rustle in my hands. My parents were shocked when they learned of my decision, but they didn't mind because they liked Nasfi and they respected my every wish. I left the mansion with tears in my eyes and found myself in Nasfi's old one-room apartment. Is there only one bathroom? I asked in shock. Well, yes. Is that really a problem for you? Of course it's a problem for me! Do I have to wait for him to shower every morning? 
and leave my personal belongings in the same drawer as his. What a nightmare. But I told Nasfi I'd get used to it. I thought the bathroom would be the only inconvenience in my new life. But I was wrong. Can you believe I had to cook for myself? I also had to clean up while Nasfi was at work. Even though I was in college during the day, my husband thought a woman should keep the house in order. I wasn't used to that. I used to have a maid do everything for me. And why should I do anything around the house all by myself? So, I wanted to tell Nasfi I wasn't happy. But he came from work with a big bouquet of white roses. And he hugged me. And he told me I'd make a wonderful wife. His words made me melt. But the very next day, I was snow white again. Because I couldn't figure out the washing machine. First of all, I couldn't get it to work the first time. Second of all, I put too much detergent in, and the whole bathroom was full of bubbles. Third, I threw a red stock into the white laundry. I think you can see by now that it was a disaster. I freaked out. I sat down on the floor in the foam and cried out of helplessness. I hate this life. Without money, it sucked. Grace, what's wrong? When Nasfi came home from work and saw me, he ran right over and gave me a hug. I can't live like this anymore. I can't do anything. All my white clothes have turned pink. You'll learn everything, honey. The guy stroked my hand, and I pushed him away from me. I'm not going to learn. I don't want to be your servant. If I'm going to live my whole life under these conditions, I choose money over marriage to you. I see. You're just like everyone else, Nasfi said grudgingly. I'm disappointed in you. I don't give a damn. The main thing is, I'll never stand at the stove again. I'll never do your laundry again. But as soon as I got back to the mansion, to my parents, and they shocked me with terrible news. My father had gone bankrupt. His company was in serious trouble. Not only were we left without millions, but our family was also heavily in debt. We sold the mansion, a collection of cars, and my mother and I's jewelry. It was enough to buy a small apartment on the outskirts of town, which was no better than Nasfi's apartment. In the end, I had to do what I did when I lived with Nasfi. Only, I had to teach it to my mother, but she wasn't a very good student. Dinner kept burning, and the iron burned through our clothes. My dad wasn't happy, and he and my mother fought all the time. All I had to do was cry quietly, because I'd lost everything. Money and love. So one night, I decided to write to Nasfi and apologize to him for my behavior. But he didn't answer my messages. And then I saw a picture of him with another girl on social media. What the hell is that? I squeezed my phone so hard that my hand cramped. My anger was so intense. I thought I was going to burn the apartment down. But instead, I tried to find out who this girl was. I looked at her social networking page and realized... She was an angel, from a simple family. She's a charity worker, studying to be a doctor. A real Nasfi ideal, not like me. Honestly, at first, I wanted to just let it go. But I couldn't, because the anger was tearing me apart. Nasfi was so quick to find a replacement for me, so he didn't love me that much. With that thought, I went to his house. And when the guy opened the door, I slapped him right in the face. Grace, are you crazy? He touched his cheek. How could you, Nasfi? I thought you loved me. But as soon as I left, you found a replacement. You left me on your own. You chose money. So what? That 
doesn't mean I stopped loving you. Actually, I regretted my decision right away, but I realized that money really wasn't the most important thing in life. I didn't want to tell him that my family was poor, that I wanted to move out of my parents' house so I wouldn't have to be their personal maid. Really? Nasfi was surprised, and he smiled. Well, of course. I made a pretty face, and Nasfi hugged me tight. This was the picture his new girlfriend saw. She slapped him in the face for the second time that day. I wanted to jump on her with my fists, but Nasfi stopped me and told me he'd be happy to marry me. Then why'd you start seeing someone else? I don't know. Probably to piss you off, Grace. You're such a jerk! <laughs> I laughed, and I patted his hair. I moved away from my parents again. Mom even burst into tears, because now all the housework was her responsibility. Nasfi and I started a new life. He even started helping me with my chores, even though he was tired after work. I guess I was happy, although to be honest, only my millions could really make me happy. But one day, I saw Nasfi talking to this girl he used to date. He handed her something, and then he hugged her. I didn't understand the situation. I ran up to the couple and pushed the girl into a puddle, and then I slashed Nasfi in the face. The guy somehow calmed me down, and then he helped the girl up. But I put her right back where she belonged, angry that my young man was trying to help her. Grace, you got it all wrong, said Nasfi. He explained that he'd given the girl her things that she'd left in his apartment. And he hugged her, because his ex-girlfriend was having a hard time with the breakup. I almost calmed down, but then my mom came over. As luck would have it, she was walking by with a bag full of groceries. Grace, my daughter! Mom threw the bags on the ground, and then she hugged me. Please come home, I'm so tired. Did something happen? Nasfi asked. Didn't Grace tell you? Our family's broke. We're not rich anymore. I have to do everything myself. Grace used to help me, but she moved back in with you so she wouldn't have to live in the same apartment with us anymore. Nasfi was shocked when he heard that. I could see the disappointment on his face because he knew I'd lied to him. So you didn't give up the money. You just ran away from your parents. No, not exactly. Nasfi, I love you. I shouted desperately. I don't want to know anything else. He laughed, and his ex pushed me into a puddle in anger. Honestly, I didn't even want to get up, because I'd lost someone I loved, who will not take me. I helped my mother carry the bags to the apartment. There was a happy father waiting for us. He told me that his business was going well. All his millions were back, and now we could buy a new mansion and live in luxury again. But I couldn't be happy, because for the first time, I realized that money wasn't my first priority anymore. Without Nasfi, it didn't make me happy at all. Even a holiday on the islands didn't take my mind off my grief. I tried to call and write to the guy, but he blocked me everywhere. That's how he caught me out of his life. I didn't know anything about Nasfi for six months, until a mutual friend told me he was in the hospital. My ex was riding his bike to school, and he got hit by a car. Nasfi was pretty badly injured. I rushed to the hospital right away. But they wouldn't let me in the room because I wasn't related to the guy. But we met anyway. When, after a while, Nasfi came out of the room with difficulty. Nasfi! Hello! I shouted, and I waved my hand. He was shocked to see me, but he smiled anyway. We sat down in the hall, and I started an uncontrollable flow of speech. I apologized to the guy. Then I told him I was miserable without him. Then I cried and admitted that he was right about the money. 
And I'm sorry, Grace. I was too hard on you. I didn't think it would be hard for you to change your life like that. Nasfi took my hand, and I cried again. But this time, I was happy. Our relationship was getting better. My father bought us a nice apartment with two bathrooms, and I tried not to ask my parents for money anymore, because I wanted to do everything with Nasfi. He was happy that we got back together again, because all these six months, he couldn't get me out of his mind and heart. That's how I realized that money solves a lot of things, but not everything. The most important thing to have is a loving and caring person by your side. Would you give up millions for love? Write your answers in the comments. Hi there, my name's Betty. And the less I sleep, the more awake I get. Seems so counterintuitive, but it's what's been happening to me for a while now. And I don't know how to fix it. I grew up a daddy's girl. I would always come with him whenever he had a job to do in one of the neighborhood houses. My dad was a plumber, and I love what he did. Pretty unusual thing for a girl to be interested in, don't you think? But I don't know. To me, it just all seemed really fun. And in a small way, he made a difference in people's lives. Dad and I were very close. But somewhere along the line, things changed. It started when Dad met Mandy, my stepmom. Mandy was super rich, and the moment they got married, she demanded that my dad quit his job and focus on spending time with her and being her lapdog 24-7. Dad did whatever Mandy wanted him to, and that meant he cast his business and me aside. Mandy may have been rich, but she never considered us her family. She never helped Dad financially, even though she forced him not to earn his own money. So basically, we were dependent on what little I could earn during part-time jobs while studying. Forget even going to college after high school. Dad did everything he could. But his voice fell on dead ears. My stepmom was only intent on spending her money for what she wanted and needed. As far as Dad and I, we had to fend for ourselves. Somehow, Dad eventually convinced Mandy to help me out with school. She agreed to pay for my studies. But guess where my millionaire stepmom sent me? The poorest school in the country. But, Mandy, surely you can send Betty to a better school. You know she'll pay you back for it. Betty's a responsible girl, and, well, she's your stepdaughter now. I am not paying a single cent more for her schooling. She's not my daughter. She's your daughter. If you want to send her to a better school, you can pay for it. My dad didn't even protest. Perhaps that was when I got hurt by his inaction. He threw away his own thriving business for Mandy. And with that, he threw away his ability to take care of me, too. I went to college knowing I had to do whatever it took so that I would not be dependent on Mandy and her charity. I worked nights. I studied endlessly. I studied to be a plumber. It was both born out of love for my dad's old job and the fact that my college was a trade college. It was either air conditioner technologist or plumber. And I chose plumber. In a class of 20, I was the only girl, and everyone looked down on me. From my classmates to my instructors, it really hurt me how people just looked at me like I didn't belong just because I was a girl. 
but that became my fuel. I stayed up late at night, making sure I studied ahead of everyone else. I aced my tests, and on top of that, I was working. I don't remember how it started, but one week, I didn't sleep for three days, and then three became five. And then I soon realized I didn't even feel sleepy at all. I didn't question it. I wasn't worried at all about it. The more I can stay up, the more I can study and work. So I downed more coffee and continued on. I must have gone on for a week and a half before I decided maybe I should rest. But as I lay in my bed for two hours without even getting so much as a yawn or heavy eyelids, I realized something was wrong. I tried everything. I meditated. I counted sheep. I counted sheep farmers and sheep dogs. I drank some sleepy time tea. I listened to soothing podcasts. I even tried several ASMR videos. But what eventually did it for me was a YouTube video made by some guy reading a book I remembered from my childhood. The guy's voice was so calming, so soothing. In no time, I was snoring soundly. I woke up the next day full of energy. But the long marathon of sleeplessness definitely intrigued me. So I put it to the test. That following week, I did it again, and I proved my suspicions right. The more I stayed awake, the less sleepy I was. I couldn't explain it, nor could I find an explanation on Google or medical sites. So I put it to the back of my mind. Hey, if it helps with my studies and my work life go smoother, I was going to use it. Eventually, I graduated. I was top of my class. I proved to my classmates and all those instructors who doubted me that I can be a great student and future plumber. Even if they all believed otherwise, the only thing that was left was to prove it in the real world. I'm not going to lie. It was tough. People barely gave me a chance. As soon as they saw I was a woman, they would lose confidence. They would automatically think that I was less capable just because I wasn't a man. Even the women who requested my services would sometimes send me away, saying that plumbing was more a man's domain. The nicer ones would make up excuses so my feelings wouldn't get hurt, but they rarely made sense, especially when I could do the same thing most other plumbers could do and I'd cost less. Yeah, you heard that right. Even in plumbing, Women still earn less. I had to slash my prices, too, because nobody would book me. When I finally hit my stride, I hit it running. I booked jobs one after another, and slowly, people began to talk to their friends and refer me. Through word of mouth, people finally knew that I may be a woman, but I did good work. I was able to start my own plumbing business with my own employees just like my dad used to have. And when I had enough money, I paid Mandy back every cent that I owed her for sending me to college. I just didn't want to have anything to do with them anymore. They basically abandoned me, and even though I still love my dad, I'm still hurt from the fact that he chose Mandy over me, his only daughter. I wasn't rich, but I was doing well enough to buy my own house. 
This was around the point when my childhood friends began to have weddings and families of their own. I was the odd girl out. I was focused on my business. People would invite me to their weddings and baby showers, but when I went, they would only try to pressure me about when I was going to get married. There was a guy I liked, though. We met at a coffee shop. His name was Alfie, and he was really cute. Unfortunately, he was also not a guy who was fond of commitment. Nevertheless, I brought him as a date to my birthday party. I didn't want a party, but Tammy insisted I throw one as a sort of reunion for our high school friends. But as soon as I got there, I realized Tammy had changed. A lot. She was no longer the geeky girl I was best friends with. She was rude, and she had an air of superiority. What have you been up to lately, Betty? Are you still... you still doing that whole plumbing thing? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing that plumbing thing. Ah, uh, shame. That's so sad. Why'd you do all that? You know, if you're struggling, you can ditch that whole thing. Have I told you my brother's doing this thing on YouTube? He's huge there. Something like a couple million followers. I'm sure he needs an assistant or something. I bet you he'd pay better than being a plumber. Tammy was becoming increasingly annoying. She was always bragging about other people's achievements. It wasn't like she had a part in her brother's success. He wasn't even living in the same country. Oh, no. Don't worry about me, Tams. I'm all right. I actually have my own company. Of plumbers? You have a company of plumbers? Shame. Not the most fragrant job title still, is it? <laughs> Look, Look at the date you brought with you. He doesn't seem so keen. Are you sure you told him this was going to be a date? He just looks like he's bored, and I don't think any man would be interested in a plumber as a girlfriend, don't you think? Several girls who heard her giggled and then immediately disappeared to pretend they didn't openly laugh at my job. <laughs> All right, BFF. How about this? I bet you I can steal your date from you by the end of the night. And if I don't, then maybe I'm wrong. Just keep being a plumber. I gladly accepted Tammy's bet, no matter how ridiculous it was. But I guess she was right. Because before we even had our dinner, Alfie and her were already sitting too close for new friends and flirting up a storm in front of everyone. Even more people now were just mocking me with their silent looks. Before the end of the party, Tammy took me aside. So, I told you, didn't I? Being a plumber will stink up your dating life. It's no wonder you're still single. Come, let me introduce you to my brother. I'm sure he'll get you a job, but hands off, okay? He's my brother. What am I talking about? I'm sure he won't be attracted to you anyway. <laughs> no offense. Yes, offense, actually. Why would I be unattractive? Just because of my job? Wow. Tammy has really turned into a proper raging... Hi, Betty. You've certainly grown up. I knew that voice. I recognized it immediately. It was the guy who calmed me to sleep. 
on YouTube and when I was a child. It was Devin. I knew the guy from the video sounded so familiar, and perhaps the only reason he could calm me to sleep was because he used to read to Tammy and me when I'd go to their home during sleepovers. I immediately knew Devin had a crush on me. The way he looked at me and how he blushed when I told him how his YouTube videos helped me through college. It was all a perfect coincidence. And what better way to teach my BFF a lesson than to show her that if she can take my date, I can take her brother. That in no way was my job a hindrance to me being attractive. I kissed Devin, and he kissed me back. Tammy was speechless. Her eyes went so big, I was afraid they'd pop out. Devin and I began dating from then on, and the rest is history. I entered the apartment to see four sets of eyes gawping at me. Hang on, I know Ned and Philip from my math class, and the girl currently giving me a snooty look while twirling her hair around her finger was Jessica. Well, I didn't actually know her, but her wealthy and snobbish reputation preceded her. Then lastly was that emo kid. What was his name again? Deciding to break the uncomfortable silence, I said, Oh, hey, so guess you guys are also in detention? No one replied, though they surely heard me. Whoa, okay. This atmosphere was tense, and I thought I'd always been the awkward one. Honestly, I don't even know why I'm being made to do this weird detention. All I did was accidentally and poorly throw the dodgeball in the gym teacher's face. Then, when I was about to apologize, my tongue slipped. But, but, aren't you supposed to be the toughest since you're the gym teacher? I mumbled. Naturally, she was livid. So I ended up in the principal's office, and he handed me a piece of paper with an apartment address on it and said, Go here for your detention. You'll stay here until you've learned your lesson. Huh? What type of unspecific instructions were those? Before I could ask him any more, he shooed me out of his office. Now, here I am in this random apartment with these untalkative kids. As I looked at them, I couldn't help but wonder what they'd done to end up here, especially when Ned was an excellent student. Did he make the wrong move in the chess club or something? <laughs> we continued the whole staring at each other in silence routine. But then the door burst open and stormed in Gwen. Our school's resident carefree tomboy, she sneered out. Good evening, babies. Great. Now I was stuck sharing a living space with a girl renowned for playing pranks such as toilet papering the principal's car and filling the biology lab with live frogs. But seriously, how were we at her truancy level? Let's see who we have here. Gwen rubbed her hands as she walked around and stared at us. Princess Jessica? Oof, how come? She raised an eyebrow and grinned sarcastically. Just sit down and shut up. Gwen gave him a dirty look. This isn't basketball. You're not the captain here, jock. Then she squared up to him. Ned turned pale. Jessica rolled her eyes, and the emo boy, well, he was busy sketching something and clearly chose to ignore our existence. We'd only been here for less than an hour. 
and the last thing we needed was a fist fight, so I stepped in between them. Pulling a wry face, Gwen said, What's this? Little Miss Friendly? Look, we're all stuck here and we don't know for how long, so let's at least try to be civil. Let's try talking it out. So, I'm Ashley, and I'm here because of a misunderstanding with a gym teacher and a dodgeball. Jeez, nobody cares! I can't believe I have to be here with these people! Jessica stood up and left. Pfft, I'm with Miss Popular on this one. Ned sneered before he also left. And the emo boy, too. Then Gwen rasped and disappeared. There was only Philip and me left in the room. Hmm, he was meant to be handsome and stuff. But looking at him now, I didn't think so. Ugh, this awkward silence was insufferable. This was just like that movie, The Breakfast Club, but much worse, and in much longer time. <sighs> Who on earth had to pack clothes for detention? I had no idea how long I had to stay here for. So I decided to go to bed. I walked into the girls' room to see that both of the beds next to the window were already occupied. Bummer. They'd taken the best spots. I reluctantly got into the only bed left and hoped that tomorrow wouldn't suck as much as today had. The next morning, I woke up to yelling. Huh? I rubbed my eyes and yawned. It was still far too early. I went out into the corridor to see what was going on and saw Jessica and Ned arguing over the apartment's only bathroom. Jessica wanted to apply her makeup, while Ned really needed to go. Then Philip watched on and butted in on occasion to say something dumb. Why don't you use some of your nerdy mathematics to solve your problem? The only reason you need to spend so long applying makeup is because you're ugly. Ooh, burn! Philip laughed. Suddenly, the bathroom door slammed shut. They rushed over to it and tried opening it to no avail. Ten minutes later, the emo kid stepped out. Jessica screamed at him. How dare you! My personal stuff is still in there! I watched on, wide-eyed. OMG! These people were ridiculous! How was I meant to live with them? In the end, we eventually came to an agreement about the bathroom's rule. It was first come, first serve, but each of us could only have the throne for a max 15 minutes. Being in such a small space with people I barely knew was always going to be problematic, but not having our phones as a distraction made it so much harder. We had one TV, but there's only one lousy channel on it. No one cleaned up. No one seemed to get along. Ugh, seriously? When will this end? All of the constant dirt and arguing was driving me nuts. But then the final straw was this one time, when I was washing my face, the cleansing foam accidentally got into my eyes to wipe it out. But to my horror, when I opened my eyes, so I quickly reached for a towel, I saw myself holding someone's sock instead. Yuck! After that, I gathered everyone and threw the sock onto the floor and said, We need to sort out order as I can't live like this anymore. It's gross. Jessica snorted. Who are you to boss around? No one cares what you think. Before I even had a chance to say anything back, Ned piped in that Jessica was just a dumb rich girl who never lifted a finger. Then Gwen jumped up to her feet and started shouting for no reason. 
Philip gave me this smirky, know-it-all look that made me want to scream, then he actually lobbed a basketball at me, which almost took my head off. Then, ignoring the others, I started shouting at him. The only one who stayed quiet was the emo boy. You aren't even that pretty. In fact, I've seen more attractive slugs. I heard Ned say to Jessica, Hmm, that was a bit much, wasn't it? I mean, it was obvious Ned only teases Jessica because he has a huge crush on her. Jessica huffed as she tossed her hair behind her back, then stormed off to her room. Man, this place sucks. At least lunchtime had arrived. So I made myself a delicious-looking burger, then quickly went to the bathroom. When I returned, I couldn't believe it. Philip was taking a bite out of my burger. I screamed at him, but then he shrugged, then said he'd make me a new one. And like a decade later, my replacement lunch finally arrived, and Philip was smiling at me strangely and watched on as I bit into it. Ew! I lifted up the top of the bun to see a raw piece of beetroot. Ugh. I was so fed up with everyone that I went to bed super early that night. Only, when I woke up the next day, both Jessica and Gwen burst out laughing at me. I hurried to the bathroom and checked out my face. Oh no. Turns out someone had drawn on my pillow, and now I had ink all over my face. I had to scrub my face for ages to get it off. Then Philip wouldn't quit laughing at me. I knew he was responsible. Ugh! Such a jerk! And on the other hand, we also had the emo kid that I was seriously getting sick of. He never said or did anything. Instead, he just sat there, usually wearing his stompy boots and looking all moody. I mean, why wear those sweaty-looking boots when he's stuck inside? It was about time he spoke up, so I came up with a prank to get him talking. When the emo kid was in the shower, Ned and I filled his beloved boots with mayo. A little later, I heard some loud thump. Then the emo kid did a weird walk across the room with his foot covered in mayo while clutching one of his boots. Have you lost your mind? He shouted. And not gonna lie, I was intimidated by this other side of him. Then out of nowhere, Jessica appeared. She turned to me and shoved my shoulder. That was too much, don't you think? Oh no, you didn't. I wasn't gonna let someone like her speak to me like that and get away with it so I struck a defensive pose and glared at her. We ended up in a stare-off when suddenly I felt arms pulling me back. It was Philip. I tried flailing free of his grip, which caused him to lose his balance, and he accidentally elbowed Gwen. Oh, you're done, jock! Soon, Jessica and I were pulling each other's hair, and Gwen and Philip were shoving each other. It was mayhem! Stop! All of you! It was the emo kid. He glared at us with rage. You're acting like immature brats! Well, that was unexpected. But I guess it worked. As a few seconds later, we started cleaning up the mess we'd made. We knew something needed to change. So at dinner, we all sat around the table and tried to sort things out. The others were all staring down at their food and not talking, so I decided to go first. So... I'm here because I don't always react well to certain situations. I don't know. I guess I find it hard to make friends. I trailed off. Then Ned spoke up. 
The only word my mom seems to know nowadays is study, study, study. I feel like all I am to her is a grade. So when I got a B in English Lit, I ripped it up in front of the teacher. That's the story. Jessica flicked back her hair then said, Try having all the money you could ever want, but the most neglectful parents ever. I bet they still haven't noticed that I've been stuck here with you losers for days now, just because I told some girl her skirt was hideous. I was doing her a favor. Then Philip blurted out, My father wanted me to be strong and manly just like him. I don't want to be like him, but I'm worried I will be, and that I won't be able to do anything about it. So I skipped basketball practice, got into an argument with coach and my dad, and now I'm in the weirdest detention ever. Gwen sneered. Least your dad's around. Mine does month-long disappearing acts. And my mom's dead. Oh, and I'm here because I put paint in some clown's locker. Serves them right for badmouthing me. Her words were followed by an intense silence. Awkward. But I felt like I understood everyone a little better now. Oh, but hang on. The emo kid hadn't said anything. Hey, you. I looked at him. So, what's your story? He shrugged, and I didn't think he was going to talk. But then in a quiet voice, he said, I'm Stan. I never knew my dad. My mom isn't around, so I live with my grandparents. I'm here because I ignored the principal, but only because I had earphones in. Oh, I muttered out. Look, I'm sorry about your boots. I'll help you clean them if you like. Stan nodded. Jessica was right. I had been a bit harsh on him. Then Ned gave this awkward smile and said, Um, Jessica, I know I've been a jerk to you, but it's only because I, um, I like you. Jessica didn't do so much as flinch. She still kept studying her nails. Probably because having boys smitten over her was already a part of her daily routine. Well, I might like someone too. Phil stretched his arms behind his chair. I guess I like winding her up. He looked directly at me. I felt myself blushing, and I had this weird fluttering feeling in my stomach. But why? My heart started racing. Now what was I meant to do? Hi, Mia here. Not to brag, but since childhood, I've always been kinda a genius. I've already stacked up over 20 science-based awards, and by adding this one more trophy into my collection, I even got to skip a grade. Your achievements at such a young age are admirable. What's your plan next? Well, I've decided to drop out of school. Yep, that's my plan. With as impressive of a profile, I'm just one research paper away from being accepted onto the Space Up Astronomical Research Program. Why waste time on boring classes, right? But ugh, mom and dad didn't like the idea of me not graduating. So after a lot of compromises, I did get to move to Quebec with my grandparents for a year. But I still had to go to school there. And voila, here I am in Canada, ready to conquer my dream. But why was there this angry crowd in front of my new home? They were screaming, cursing, vandalizing. My grandparents secretly signaled me inside the back way, then glumly told me how the crowd were parents of the children who got food poisoning after attending Riverside School summer camp. The problem was, the food was provided by my grandparents' farm, and now the school is threatening to file a lawsuit and doesn't seem to be open for negotiation. That can't be. There must be a solution for this. 
So gathering up my courage, I knocked on the principal's door. Do I know you? Um, I don't think so, ma'am. I'm Mia Jones, granddaughter of Mr. Peterson, the rancher. Wait, Mia Jones from New York? Hmm, come in. The woman must have been Mrs. Robinson, the principal's wife. But does she know me? As soon as we sat down, she said, I will withdraw the charges for you. Oh, ma'am, really? I knew we could sort this out amicably. Oh, but my sweet child, I don't do charity. I know what you're capable of, so I will only drop the lawsuit if you make my daughter the top student at school. In other words, you'll exchange all test results with her. What do you think? What do I think? I think that's a crazy proposition. But if I didn't do this, then the form would go under. So, with a reluctant nod, I agreed. Then I was immediately taken to meet her daughter. I was expecting someone snooty and spoiled, but to my surprise, this super smiley girl greeted me. Hey, I'm Eliana, but just call me Elle. I'm so sorry about my mom. She's got it into her head that I need to excel at school, since my dad is the principal. Elle hesitated for a bit, then continued. Also, there's Nora, the super smart daughter of my dad's ex. Mom doesn't want me to suck and dad to favor this other girl over me, so... Thinking about it, my main purpose for coming here was to complete my astronomical research. I don't need any more, eh? So, I smiled at Elle. Don't worry, I'll make sure you're the star student in no time. The next morning, I went to school with Elle, and wow, it looked so ancient and calm. Definitely distinctive from my stuffy school in New York. Elle introduced me to her friends and they all seemed really welcoming. It's gonna be great here. Still holding the deal, I helped Elle answer the teacher's questions, exchanged assignments and homework with her, and soon, Elle had already climbed up to the top rank. On the contrary, I was at the bottom of the class. Oh wow, Elle's mom really wasn't kidding when she said her grades were bad. But that didn't matter to me anyway. Cause the only thing I care about is this amazing astronomy tower. Talk about heaven! What are you doing here? I turned around to see Nora, the girl Elle had mentioned before, who is also the astronomy club's president. Hi, I'm Mia. I want to be part of your team. I have experience in studying astronomy and... Stop blabbering. Your grades suck and we have a strict no idiots allowed policy. I told Nora to at least give me a chance to prove myself, so she sat me down and sniggered as she handed me an astronomy test. Easy peasy, I got all the answers right in just 10 minutes. But instead of welcoming me into the club, she accused me of cheating. Ugh! Nora didn't just dislike me, she also seemed to despise L2. Any chance she got to call us out on something, she would definitely take it. Sir, they're cheating! I... I just want to help Mia. Please, I'm so sorry. Huh? Who was helping who? Mia, you've got a lot of nerve. Your test is suspended. The whole class was giving me disapproving looks. Being this disrespected by my peers was a new experience for me. How could Elle tell life so calmly? Great. Now that I was labeled a cheater, I would never get accepted into the astronomy club ever. Mia the cheater just had to find her way to get in there then. So, I waited until dark then sneaked into the janitor's room to steal the key to the observation tower. <sighs> now I could freely study my favorite constellation without any interruptions. Montreal is close to the North Pole, so the night sky here is so clear that I could see all the stars. At this rate, my research could be done faster than expected. Then I would be out of here, leaving all of these childish rivalry dramas behind. 
One night, I was busy taking notes when someone opened the door and walked in. Who's there? Oh no! I hastily grabbed my papers and escaped through the emergency exit door. Who is the guy? Why is he here at this hour? The next morning, I pushed my way through the noisy crowd and saw the announcement on the school's pinboard. The astronomy club warned outsiders not to use the observatory room and that there would be severe punishment once the recent trespasser was discovered. Shoot, the guy from last night must have snitched on me. Turned out, the snitch was Brandon, the new transfer student, and also the grandson of the founder of Space Up. It's a shame the incredible Sir Edward Foster's grandson was such a smug jerk. But that didn't stop all the girls from going cuckoo crazy for this Brandon guy. The ironic thing is, he kept on coming over to me and talking about astronomy. Huh? Doesn't everyone here see me as an insignificant kid? Is this yours? Brandon said while holding out a piece of paper. Oh my, this was part of my astronomy research. Did I drop it in the tower that night? But how did Brandon know it was mine? Flustered, I quickly made an excuse and left. I couldn't stop worrying about Brandon finding out I was the one who used the observatory room. If anyone knows about it, it'd be an instant suspension. I was busy thinking when suddenly the whole class burst into applause. As it turned out, they were praising my excellent essay on constellations. Well, it's known as Elle's essay now. Then the teacher turned to read the class's worst essay. My favorite star is Justin Bieber. Every time I see him, I think if only he was my husband. Everyone started laughing. <sighs> no prize for guessing whose name was on this one. Mia, I suggest you learn something from your friend Elle. I turned to look at Elle and saw her smug face. She even joined in with the others to make fun of me. Was she really that stupid to write that essay? Or did she intend to embarrass me? When I got home, Elle was already waiting on the porch to apologize to me. I helped you as promised. Shouldn't your mom keep her promise too? Get the lawsuit dismissed now. Then I'll help you finish your final exam successfully. Else, I'm not doing it. She's on it, Mia. Don't worry. I know you're leaving after a year anyway. And I also know that you're the one who snuck into the observatory. So, if you want to leave peacefully, at least help me and Brandon to get together. You and Brandon? But what does it have to do with me? Elle then told me that Brandon was so impressed by her astronomy essay that he asked her out to discuss it further. But of course, she knew nothing about it, so she had a plan. I'll have my AirPod on, and you gotta stay on the line with me throughout the date so you could tell me the answers to his questions. If we become official, I'll buy you that telescope you bang on about so much. You know, that thingy-majiggy. Celestron! Celestron Telescope! Oh man, she really knew my weak spot. Alright then, we have a deal. That weekend, Elle and Brandon went for a walk in Jerry Park while I stayed at home eavesdropping on their conversation through the phone. I see you have a passion for the Astros, so why didn't you join the astronomy club? Just cause I'm busy with my studies, and I also have piano practice, you know. Really? Oh, in the paper, you mentioned the black hole Sagittarius A. You seem to have done a lot of research about it. Could you tell me more? Although Elle seemed frantic having me put words in her mouth, everything went pretty smoothly. Only one thing. The more Brandon and I talked, the more I realized we had so much in common. Even if it was through Elle, I still felt a connection with him. I thought everything was going well between them, but no. One day, Elle came to me in a fit of anger and said Brandon had turned down her love confession. I want you to go talk to him and figure out why. I need to know the reason. What? Why don't you just ask him? 
Because I'm me, Eliana Robinson, I don't ask such embarrassing questions. So I was the one who had to make the embarrassing move? Also, call me. I want to hear it myself. Gosh, this bossy girl. And so I had to drag Brandon to the quiet rooftop while my phone was secretly on a call with Elle so she could follow the conversation. Okay, let's get straight to the point. Why did you reject Elle? Um, because I like someone else? If you already like someone else, then why hang out with her? Because only when I go out with Elle, I can talk to the person I like. It's disappointing though. Why don't you recognize me? I quickly ended the call hoping Elle didn't understand what was going on. He already knew I was behind Elle's words all this time? It turned out Brandon had met me once in the city's ranking contest for students in 6th grade, in which I surpassed him and won the first prize. He'd never met a kid smarter than him in astronomy before, so when he saw me again at school, he instantly recognized me. Only, he couldn't understand why my score was so low. Brandon wanted to talk to me, but he said that all he received was a cold shoulder. I felt a bit guilty, but it's all because he told the school administration I snuck into the astronomy room. But it turned out Nora was the one who reported me. Nora was there at the time too. By the way, why do you have to do Elle's homework? I told Brandon about my contract with Mrs. Robinson and apologized for not thinking about his feelings when I agreed to be behind his and Elle's date. I see. Follow me. There's something you should know. Brandon took me to see Nora. She didn't welcome me at first, but when Brandon told her about my secret, Nora immediately changed her attitude. I should've known. Someone like Elle couldn't make such progress. She and her mom are deceiving everyone again. Then, Nora told me how she was secretly investigating the food poisoning case because, on the day of summer camp, she saw Mrs. Robinson and Elle doing something shady in the school kitchen. Why should I trust you? Elle told me that you have it in for her. So maybe you're just trying to ruin her life. <laughs> Please, why do I have to do that? Believe it or not, your precious best friend is trying to embarrass you in front of the whole school. What is this? In the lecture hall, Elle was sitting in front of a screen which said, Mia's grandpa poisoned us? We rushed to the lecture hall to find her there, telling people that my grandparents were the ones that catered spoiled food, and that I had no shame copying her works, cheating many times, and even stealing Brandon from her while they were dating. So she must have figured out that Brandon liked me, huh? Even so, why didn't she talk to me directly? How dare she make things up about me and my family? Before I could do anything, Brandon changed what was on the screen to a video of me winning the Young Minds Intelligence Contest. Everybody started buzzing when they recognized who I was. Someone even spoke loudly. I watched that show! Is that really Mia? Elle's face turned pale as people started doubting her. Then Nora snatched the mic from Elle's hand and said, So, now we've made it clear that Mia isn't dumb at all. Then what about the poisoning at the camp? Did anyone find it strange how only Elle and her mother showed no sign of poison symptoms that day? That's cause they were the ones who poisoned the food and blamed it on Mia's grandparents. The screen continued to show a clip of Elle's mom looking shady as she spoke to some man. She did all that just to ruin Mia's grandparents' good reputation. Then she would hire this man to buy the farm on her behalf for a ridiculously low price. What did you say? Oh my god, the principal has been standing at the door and witnessed everything! Everyone, out! When there were only four of us left in the room, Elle furiously shouted, How dare you! You're just the outcome of your cheater mom, remember? Don't play dumb with me. You're well aware that my mom didn't cheat on Mr. Robinson, and that your mom is the one who lied to him to ruin his and my mom's wedding. 
And then what? Lying again that you're his daughter to force him to stay with her? You and your mom are awful people. Mr. Robinson stood in between them and stopped the argument. Oh, he didn't look too well either. Turns out, he already knew Nora's mom was wrongfully framed and didn't cheat on him at all. And that's why he always tried to make it up to Nora. But learning that Elle wasn't his daughter was one big bombshell. After knowing what his wife and daughter did, he decided to resign. He made amends with Nora's mom and they're giving it another go. After the truth came out, Elle and her mom left without a trace. I say, good riddance to bad news. My grandparents were cleared of the food poisoning allegations and now their business is booming again. With Brandon and Nora's help, I collected enough data and finished my assignment with flying colors. Now to quit high school and pursue my dreams. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just going on a short trip to Montmagantic National Park to see the Northern Lights with Brandon and Nora. I've decided to stay and finish high school here so I can continue pursuing my passion for astronomy with my two soulmates by my side. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.